You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, all right. Hour number two. Man, the first hour flew by. And again, you can always hit us up on the Odyssey app. Get that rewind feature going wherever you go. Bring the Odyssey app with you. You can listen to all of the BetQL programming. Of course, we're on here 9 to noon, BetQL Daily, every day, Monday through Friday. Joe and Aaron are off this week, so Mark Drumheller and I are sitting in today on this President's Day. Hope it's a good one for you. We had a great first hour still to come. we got an MLB uh, segment with MLB Dream. He breaks down all the free agent signings. We're going to have P.J. Glasser coming up later on. Michael Buff will be telling us about uh, hockey, that stadium series. Guys are dressed up like Rocky, dressed up, players are dressed up like the Sopranos. They had 80,000 people at MetLife. Mark was there. Good stuff. But let's get into the NBA as we start the top of this hour. All-Star Game shenanigans are over, finally. I think it maybe is a day too long. I mean, Mark, would, would you would you be upset if there was no All-Star Game? Just the, the, the slam dunk and the three-point contest and the skills and the rookie game. Would you be upset if there was no All-Star Game? No, I wouldn't miss it at all. And I... Even the skills competition and, and that stuff is fun, and I'm not saying they should get rid of it, but to me, like, it's just, okay, like, it's a nice break or, or whatnot, but I don't I don't really need any of that. Like, you know, we're betters. Like, we, we want to see games. We want to see fair games that we can wager on, um, you know, and so the, these skills competitions and stuff, like, I, I guess it's fun. It's fine. The actual game I could do without, but I don't. I don't hate it either. Like, to me, it's like, whatever. Like, they're just out there playing, you know, a pickup game. You know, first couple logo shots are fun. And then after that, it's just kind of like, whatever. You know, they're going through the motions. It is what it is. Um, But, yeah, I wouldn't miss it. They could get rid of it completely, and I would be fine. Yeah, I think the NBA All-Star Game is quickly heading toward Pro Bowl status. So, as always interesting, the MLB All-Star Game, is probably the only is probably the best one because it's the one that closely resembles the game in the regular season. Now there are people, Mark, that'll tell you that NBA All Star Game does resemble a regular season <laughs> game with no defense and lots of overs this year. So let's get back to business. Last week we were breaking down the divisions in the Western Conference, so let's go to the Eastern Conference and break down some of their divisions. And today we'll start with the Central, and obviously the players in this uh, division. You got the Cavaliers atop the atop the Central, then the Bucks two and a half back. You got the Pacers, you've got the Bulls. All four of those teams are in postseason windows. The Bulls are in player playing game territory, and then there's the Pistons, who've got nothing. They're eight and forty-six, and they're not even that good at eight and forty-six. Monty Williams, by the way, cashing those checks. God bless you, Monty, and his agent. I want Monty Williams' agent because holy cow, six years, seventy-eight million dollars. 
and eight wins for Monty Williams's Pistons. But let's let's get into the let's get into the team at the top, the Cavaliers, who I think Mark have got the most to prove because last year I bought the Cavs. Sexy, mm-hmm. here we go, hey, we're back, and they literally just ran out of gas and limped into the playoffs. Got bounced early. This year they look better. They've had a net. Despite injuries, they look like they're the real deal. Uh, minus 500 to win the Central. Their win total, 53.5, which is interesting because they're sitting at 36. What say you about the Cavs? I like the Cavs regular season. I, you know, I think they, you know, they're going to win this division. Um, I, I think they'll continue doing what they've done. Bickerstaff's done a great job with them. They have the players, Donovan Mitchell. The, the key issue last year with this Cavs team was you, you hit the nail on the head. They limped into the playoffs, but also, you know, mentally they weren't ready for playoff basketball. They admitted that the lights were too bright. You know, they, 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 they getting that experience should help them a little bit this year. Um, so they're a team that I see, like, we'll probably see a lot of what we saw in the second half out of them. Uh, you know, what we saw in the first half, I think they're going to be a good regular season, uh, team much like, you know, Utah was with Donovan Mitchell. But then when we get to the playoffs, I don't know if we should have a lot of expectations for this team. I know we're looking for somebody besides Boston, right? Because Boston just has the best roster in the East. And everybody's wondering, well, where can I get value on the odds boards outside of Boston, right? Boston, you know, I think plus 115 right now to win the East. So you, at this time of the year, we want to find futures that have a little bit more meat on the bone, right? But I just don't know if Cleveland's a team that we should be targeting. Yes, you know, will the experience help them from last year? Absolutely. Maybe they'll win a round. Maybe they'll win two rounds. But they're not going to come out of the East. So I think that's just too much of a jump in one season. But I love what Bickerstaff's doing. I love what they're building. I think Donovan Mitchell has, you know, really flourished there. You know, with this team, he's got some younger players around him. It's going to be a little bit more of a slow build there. uh, But – I think this is a this year is going to be a step in the right direction. But as far as targeting them, like in the futures market to win the East, I don't like. I think it's too much. You know, I could play them in the first round, depending on what the matchups are. That's going to be a key. But that's really how I see Cleveland. Uh, how about you, Jim? Are you like somebody who's buying that like they can take a big leap? I know a lot of people are looking at Cleveland. They're looking at New York as teams that might be able to really threaten Boston. But I'm not so sure. Yeah, I, I drank that Kool-Aid last year with the Cavs. So maybe I'm just a bitter Cavs <laughs> better. Uh, you know, they're eight to one to win the East uh, over at Bet MGM. Right now, they'd be set up for a two-seven kind of matchup. So maybe a Miami, maybe an Orlando, maybe an Indiana. That's kind of what their window projects. Listen, they remind me a lot of kind of like the Dolphins were in the NFL. They beat bad mm-hmm. teams and they lose against good teams. And and normally that's that's a 500 record in, in you know in the NBA. In, in, in sports because you know you you only see how many good teams there are so again i think being a team that beats bad teams and loses to good teams doesn't bode well for long-term existence in the postseason so mm-hmm. i would fade cleveland i think they're close i think maybe a year from now uh, they will mm-hmm. be more of a contender and listen not to take anything away they are second in the eastern conference they're, you know but i'm not sure that they're going to be able to hold off the bucks and i wanted to transition over to the bucks second in the division and i get it that the divisions aren't a priority for a lot of these teams it's it's sort of like somebody's got to win the central okay cool you know what i mean 
but it really doesn't really matter as, as much as it is where you are in the East. Milwaukee third right now in the East. I think what gave us all pause, Mark, is that they fire their coach. In comes Doc Rivers, red flag number one. And they lose seven out of ten with Doc. Now, they brought him in for defense because their defense is atrocious. They're second in the league in points per game at 122, so they score a lot. They give up a lot. The defense seems to have gotten better in a 10-game window, but you lose 7 out of 10, and Doc Rivers, who has a propensity to, to spit the bit, if you will, where do you see the Bucs? you have any faith in them? I don't, and I really wanted to. Like, going into the year, I really I like the acquisition of Lillard, but losing Holiday hurts them they, defensively. You they're not that good and, and they're getting better now that I think I want to say they're just outside of the top 10 in defensive rating in February, very small sample size, right? Level competition is going to, you know, ha- have, uh, you know, part of that. So we'll, we'll see how they finish the month out uh, in deep, but still net rating their 15th, like they're just, the way they're constructed is just not good. And, and the sacrifices that they made to get Lillard, like I'm not sure that's going to pay off. Yes. It takes, some pressure off Giannis, but um, I, I, I don't know. I think that was a step in the wrong direction. I, I think what Boston did, obviously, is is working out a lot better. I don't have a lot of confidence in Doc Rivers. Like, I'm from Philadelphia, and I don't think everything that happened here was on Doc Rivers. Like, the culture was not good with the Sixers. Probably still isn't good, even with Nick Nurse. Um, and, you know, I thought it was a bad mix. Like, you know, Rivers with his playoff uh, – shortcomings you know coming into Philadelphia into that situation I thought that was an odd fit but here with Milwaukee like again having to come in and ultimately like save the season that's a tough spot and I just don't know if this team like the way they're built if they have enough defense to where when we get to the playoffs and it is a half court game is it going to matter because they're going to play teams that are going to be able to put people in Lillard you know and they're going to be able to take him out of the game so I don't know. I, I don't like Milwaukee. You know, it, again, are they going to be better, you know, down the stretch here than the, what we've seen the first half? Sure. But is it going to be enough to really do anything and move the needle, do what they brought Doc Rivers in there to do? I don't think so. I, I don't think that's the case at all. I don't I, – I, I think they are what they are at, at this point, and they're not going to be a great defensive team, and I think that's going to hurt them when we get down into the second, third round of the playoffs. Yeah, six to one to win the chip, three to one to win the East. I like them actually. They're plus three twenty-five to win the division. Now, if if you go by last mm-hmm. year and if you think the Cavs are going to run out of steam, they're two and a half back at Cleveland. Now, the, the question is, like we talked about, teams don't really turn it up a notch to try to win a division. I get that, but plus three twenty-five, two and a half games back, and if you believe Cleveland can't finish, not a bad. Not a bad bet there, and their win total is 50 and a half, and they're sitting at 35 wins right now. Yeah, I mean, there's a floor, though, because they make the change to Rivers, and now we're giving it time, right, for us in order to see the results. It's like, okay, we'll give Doc some time to get settled in. He even mentioned today, he said all these odd comments that, like, you know, he didn't want to come in until after the All-Star break, and it's almost like he's setting himself up for excuses. But if it doesn't get better and they, they don't win games, and they don't start closing the gap, you know, with Boston, how is that going to impact the team, right? Like, it's, it could just be a situation of where it's like, 
hey, you know what? We we just see the team not respond to Doc Rivers. And then what does that look like down the stretch, right? So to me, it's, it's the dynamics between the culture and, and firing Griffin early, getting Rivers in there, Rivers not having success, him saying that, admitting that this is a difficult situation for him to be in. I think the floor is a lot lower than what you'd expect for Milwaukee. So, you know, expecting them to just kind of turn it on, I'm not so sure. Can they catch Cleveland? Absolutely. But I think Cleveland's a pretty solid regular season team. So it, the Bucks are the one team in the East that probably have the most question marks, that probably have the highest ceiling and the lowest floor. So I'll be, I'll be fascinated to see how it plays out, but I don't have a ton of confidence. Now, Indiana's a fun watch, and they're a fun bet because auto bet over with them. You know, yep. 120, almost 124 points a game, historic offense, uh, disastrous defense. You know, they got Pat Siakam to try to help out a little bit. Uh, of course, they have Tyrese Halliburton, who's always fun to watch. Um, right now, they're sitting in the sixth seed. They're, they're in the playoffs, game and a half uh, in front of Miami to stay out of the playing game. Uh, 45 and a half their win total. They're at 31, uh, 80 to one to win the central. Again, I don't think that's anything, but do you think the Pacers could do some things and, and, and actually have a long run in the postseason? Because obviously shooting the lights out is great, but can you do it over a long haul in the playoffs when the defense cranks up? Right. It's going to be tough. And, and last year, you know, we saw with the Kings, right? Like the Kings were able to win a playoff series, I think, before. Did they lose the Golden State in the first round or have a second round, right? They won the playoff series and then they play Golden State, um, I believe. And similar thing here with the Pacers, right? I think that, you know, if they get the right matchup in the first round, could they be a team that you could target, you know, as a dog in a series to get a potential upset? Sure, it could happen. I mean, we we talked about Cleveland. If Indiana is able to run them with Carlisle, get some points on the board early. Um, maybe, you know, Cleveland's a team that if they lose a game one or a game two, you know, on their home court in the first round, then all the thoughts of last year could start coming back to the surface, right? Like, oh, uh, you know, is the, is the spot too bright for them? I don't know. I mean, it, Indiana could be a team I could see upsetting somebody in the first round, but not a lot of long-term potential there. Definitely not going to win the Central Division. Fun team to watch, though. And, you know, Cleveland, you mentioned Miami. Like, the seeding in the East, I think, is going to go a long way in determining, like, what teams need to be on upset watch. Because if I'm the Cleveland Cavaliers, as bad as Miami's been this year, I, I might not want to see Spolster in the playoffs. Like, Right. Exactly. Exactly. They, they just find a way. They're a game and a half behind Indiana for the sixth seed to, and to stay out of the playing game. Always interesting. Chicago, well, they're plus 360 to make the playoffs. Right now they're sitting in the 9-10 playoff game as the ninth seed. And real quick, Mark, the Pistons, eight wins, win total 14 and a half, plus money if you want to go over 14 and a half. Do you think they can win seven of the next 18 games to get you that over 14 and a half wins? I don't know if I want to spend my spring doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Betting on the Pistons team total over. There's just better things to do with your life, right, Jim? We all love betting. We like to find value. If you like the Pistons, pick some spots in the schedule where there's going to be some market inefficiencies to where they can sneak up and cover. Obviously, the market very low on them. If you expect them to overperform over these, you know, down the stretch here, um, you know, in the NBA, I, I would say just target them that way on a game-to-game -game basis. 
that's probably the best way to attack it. You find some soft spots where they're getting too many points and they can step up and, you know, steal a cover. But I don't want to be counting wins for the Pistons. Yeah, if they could, if they won eight out of 54, I don't know how they're going to win seven out of 18. So maybe we'll take a break on that. Interesting. But we will take a break. Coming up next, it was all a dream. That's right. Spring training gets underway this week. MLB Dream is here, breaking it all down for you. Baseball is next with Mark. I'm J Rod. It's BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM.